1: what is going on everybody it is episode 83 of pop culture crisis my name is brett i'm here with my co-host introduce yourself please
2: hi miracle sam nice to meet you how you doing i'm great doing good yeah good every time you say how you doing hey. it, it sounds like um what's his name joey it's you yeah, like joey it's, well, what is
1: of course uh, of course it's a friend's reference kind of how you doing uh, uh, also the great rap tra- like the trap songs that are made using that is like the the hook yeah good stuff uh the face you don't see quite yet is this one and that is our co-host introduce yourself please
3: hi i'm hannah claire brimla i'm a writer for timcast.com
1: Thank you for being here.
3: Thanks for having me back. So, we love having you here. We
1: we do. She is correct. We do. Um, okay, so I, do, I Before we get started, I have to ask: Are either of you superstitious?
2: Um, I'm a little stitious. A little. That's well, office reference. So we're talking about um, dreams predicting stuff happening here, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird because like Hannah, and Claire, and I kind of like have stuff that kind of predicted certain events that happened in the office, and also I had a dream that predicted me getting the job here.
1: What was that dream?
2: So it was just me hanging out at the bar. Hmm.
1: Wait, so you were just at a bar and that somehow equated to getting a job?
2: No, from here. Because like, you know how our bar downstairs in the green room, it's very unique. It has that certain wood. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a dream where I was sitting at a bar and it was that unique wood and the textures of the bar. And this was like before I even watched like the um, video of Tim like showing a tour around here oh. and like me before getting the job here so oh, i kind of predicted it like a month before
1: that's impressive mm-hmm. that's impressive i ask because um well i have a, a fairly large hat collection but a very few mm-hmm. that i wear on this show this one in particular seems to be what i like to call my bad luck hat <laughs> meaning that most of the episodes now this is a personal assessment of my own performance, not the other people on the show. Mm. Most of the times when I've worn this hat, I have found that I have performed under expectations for myself. So it's I am here weird to. Weird intro
3: to the show. I Adrian. am here
1: to uh, to try and rectify that today and It's do okay.
3: Better. I want to describe for anyone listening without a video. What yes, wearing? Um,
1: it's just an old. It's it's a Minnesota Vikings. It's like a vintage Vikings hat from like the seventies. Uh, it's white. It's got a purple brim. It's not super important, but it was on my mind as I was getting ready for the show. Is it today? because
2: the Minnesota Vikings didn't really win? They don't
1: season. ever win. But I don't really. I mean, I don't really care about football. I care just because it's representative of my home state. But uh, I just thought <laughs> it was funny. I was like, I'm going to try and break that streak today. Mm-hmm.
2: So. Okay, we should have Tyler Zed on here if you like Minnesota so much. He's a fellow Minnesotan. And if I like Minnesota, like, like, as
1: if it's weird to like them, just because you're from the worst state in the in the union does not mean that the rest of us have to have. You an mean excuse. best
2: state? Like uh, you know, California is the most diverse state in the United States, and it has.
1: It has nothing to do with the state <laughs> being good, and we're just going to skip past it because it's a provable fact that California is awful compared oh, to. You know, I'm not even saying Minnesota is a prize or anything. I'm just saying California's worse.
2: Minnesota is just Canada 2.0.
1: That's a fair assessment. She's not wrong about that. She's not wrong about that. So and
2: do get- you think we call it Lower Canada pretty regularly when I'm here? <laughs>
1: that, that, is, that is true.
2: That's true because your Minnesotan accent comes out once in a while.
1: Every every once in a great while, though I try not to. Mm-hmm. We, got a, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk about Justin Bieber. Yep. Uh, this article is probably the most serious thing we've got today. We are going to have a debate about the movie Titanic. And if you haven't seen this movie...
2: Old one or animated one?
1: Oh. I didn't even know there was an animated. There's one.
2: three of them. Okay,
1: well, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the actual movie, and you do not have need ni- you ha- you need not see this movie to actually have this debate. So we're gonna have fun. We're gonna talk about Grimes, uh, being a criminal or at least admitting to crimes, and then we are going to talk about Nick Cage. Something that got uh, I passed up on the other day, but had more stuff added to it that I thought uh, was interesting to talk about. Then we got Podluck. We got a bunch of stuff. Are you? too ready e. yep. let's go ahead and just get right into it okay let's do it. so topic number one and again guys this is the most serious topic we're gonna have today it says judge uh justin bieber files to dismiss defamation lawsuit over assault claims and then of course we go over and it says uh justin bieber drops 20 million dollar defamation suit against sexual assault accusers so the first uh topic i just grabbed because it, it illustrates when this first happened which was uh so the he filed for a uh, I don't remember when he filed for the defamation suit, but it was uh, a little over a year ago, I believe, that the allegations are from 2014 and 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just already has, uh, <laughs> decided to dismiss the suit. Uh, and we'll get into why. But uh, that's a lot of money to, to sue uh, defamation accusers of. And there's no names attached to it. Mm-hmm. And that was the most interesting part of it to me.
2: He has so- some money. Why not?
1: That, yeah, well, that's basically it. It says, mm-hmm. Justin Bieber has filed to dismiss the defamation lawsuit he had lodged against two anonymous women who had accused him of sexual assault. The Peaches Singer, 28, asked the Los Angeles judge last Friday to dismiss the case uh, Rolling Stone reported on Tuesday. A source told TMZ that Bieber decided to drop the suit because he felt he had made his point and wanted to move forward. Uh, I wondered how much of this had to do with, like, just. Do you think that that's a logical conclusion that he filed it just to make a point to keep people from trying to do this again in the future?
3: Maybe. I think possibly. I I think defamation cases are um, they're really difficult to prove, and it really depends on who the players are, like the the defendants and plaintiffs. Um, There's a chance that he did this Mm -hmm. to prove a point. I mean, I I wonder if so much... So sometimes people, like especially famous people or successful people, will settle. If they get accused of something, they'll settle anyways just to like... Make it go away. Make Mm -hmm. it go away. And that can imply to some people guilt, even if there actually isn't any. But because of the speed of the justice system, it's faster to settle. So in some ways, him saying like, no, I want this actually dismissed like And the longer
1: I... it's in the news cycle the faster it, the longer it drags out, mm-hmm, which sure. is which is worse. Also is this is this like the definition of nuisance suit for them or would that be something separate with uh having to do with the amount, I wonder?
2: I feel like it's a nuisance because like right now he um do you, are you guys like up to date to Justin Bieber's life right now, other than his wife having that mini stroke? Don't ask, just go. Um so basically like We knew him when he was 16 when he first got famous and then he had that weird um, mid-crisis breakdown where he was going insane. He had drug abuse problems and then all of a sudden he turned his life around going through the fate of God. Yes, he is religious. I think
1: his family was always religious. He just kind of found his way back to it.
2: Yeah. Now, like, I feel like this is kind of a nuisance because, like, it kind of makes his brand look a little bit bad because he's trying to change it up where he's a little bit more softer um still that lovable boy we grew up loving. I don't know if you guys love him or not. I kind of liked his music and also I'm surprised this article chose the song peaches out of the other songs that he Out was of saying. the
1: many other songs they could have used as as their reference point. Uh, I I do find it interesting what uh when some people once some celebrities are held to the cross, uh pardon the <laughs> that wasn't actually intentional. You know, are crucified for for these types of allegations whereas this kind of just comes off as like Eh, you know, whatever, like it's not getting the same there's I can't explain it. It's, it's literally something I can't put in words. why some feel so targeted and some feel as if they're just reporting the news. I think, Does that make sense?
3: I think like the coverage of like, these yeah, like when, when I,
1: there's some people when these things happen, it feels very targeted and as if they're going like after the that pe- person. When you
3: say people, like you mean the person, a who celebrity who
1: gets accused of something similar to this. Uh, I, I can't think of a good example off the top of my head, but there are endless celebrities. That... I think
3: different, celebra- I mean, just just personality, type, I think... people react differently to things, yeah. and depending on what the allegations are and how. Mm you know how it's being portrayed the difficult thing about this is that both of the accusers are unnamed mm-hmm. and, and that may
1: play a huge role in why it's not getting the coverage because there's no second side of the story to uh there's then nowhere go, to go. After. and
3: i also wonder it's not clear to me like legally what information he has got received about them yeah. so in some ways like there are you know if it's anonymous people making claims for a high dollar amount but you know we've talked about it a couple times like when someone makes an accusation, you know, 30 years ago this happened uh, to a celebrity, yeah. like, it's very difficult to prove even non-celebrity cases This stuff like was that.
1: coming out, there was, uh, right after um William Hurt died, yeah. like, there was one actress, or it wasn't even an actress, like, somebody just came out on Twitter and was saying, don't forget that he had these allegations however many decades ago and, like, nobody could even let... uh let the you know let the man lie in peace for more than a couple of hours before mm-hmm. it was brought up again on Twitter.
3: Yeah,
2: I don't know. It, it's kind of how you said. It's kind of difficult because some of them do wait for a long time. Because I'm playing as devil's advocate. Maybe they're waiting for a right time to like basically say, "Oh, you're doing well in
3: life. I'm taking." Well,
1: some- how much what better can he be doing than what he's doing right now?
3: Yeah, I, or I like I you know if you were being diplomatic or uh Mm -hmm. sympathetic to people who are making legitimate claims you'd say like maybe they didn't feel safe or they worried about whatever yeah um you know this case is interesting i think getting it to be dismissed i wonder if it's more a point of how um dedicated he is to his marriage Mm -hmm. because it's like stuff that's happened i don't really know how long he and Haley have been involved they've but... been married
1: since 2018
3: oh, right so okay. these accusations are from 2014 and 2015 so they're like sort of just before they got together yep. mm-hmm. and i know he had dated her previously like maybe it's important to him to like really preserve his reputation mm-hmm. in a way that at that time when he was more chaotic it wasn't
2: well also a weird theory maybe like since his name is not as popular other than like what happened to his wife um they're trying to get his name out there again so maybe they're trying to do this i know it's to like, help him i don't know like this
1: it's insane
2: well just a weird theory but I know this case is hap- um, has happened since 2014 2015 so it's not the case but it's not some... that it
1: has happened since then it says that it, it, it's the, that it happened in them but the accusations mm-hmm. came much later uh, so it says Bieber vehemently it says so it says that he's suing them for ten million dollars each in June 2022 or in June 2020 shortly after they claimed on Twitter so that was in 2020 that he had sexually assaulted them in the uh, in the year 2014 and 2015 mm-hmm. uh, he vehemently denied these claims stating in court documents that at the time, there was indisputable documentary evidence that proved the accusations to be outrageous, fabricated lies. The Drew House funder also alleged in his suit that he believed the two accusers were working together to damage his reputation, or that he could potentially be one person operating multiple Twitter accounts, which, in the absence of an actual name of the accusers, is not an unreasonable theory. Mm-hmm. It's it's not outside the realm of, of possible. So it says one accuser uh, claimed Bieber had assaulted her while he was in Austin, Texas, for the South by Southwest Festival. In March 2014, the alleged incident occurred in a Four Seasons room, but Bieber alleged he never stayed at the hotel and actually had a rental property nearby with his then-girlfriend, Selena Gomez, which seems far more like something of his stature and financial means would do, which is just rent a property and not stay I mean, at a hotel. I mean,
3: have, have an Airbnb no. or VBRO. It's like the same thing. I, but, like, I get what you mean. Like, also probably his accountant can, like, clearly back prove it up. that, yep. like... Yes, we did pay for this at that time. Yep.
1: The second accuser claimed Bieber assaulted her in New York City in March 2015 when he was in town for the Met Gala. The entertainer suit claimed the second accuser was a superfan who had waited outside his hotels uh, and that she admitted on Twitter she had never... Uh, never having to have met him on the date of the alleged assault, so that's not you know we talked about something similar at the office today about mm-hmm. uh, super fans and how that can happen for for specific people, certain uh, businesses. That's not an unreasonable thing to have happen either, especially for somebody with his type of fame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it says Bieber has been married to Haley Baldwin since 2018. Uh, also claimed that he had gone to a private party following the Met Gala, saying in court documents that there was photo evidence. So it's also hard to believe that in like the age of it's not like social media wasn't around in 2014. There's amp there has to be ample photo tagged evidence. And I am he is sure. A particularly
3: photographed celebrity. Yes. Celebrity. So
1: mm-hmm. I I don't doubt for a second that that he would be somebody that would there would be some type of evidence of where he was at that time. Oddly enough, probably making the paparazzi his best friend, even if he didn't have yeah. uh, photos of it because they would have been documenting where he was at that specific time so it's just uh, I I do wonder if it's maybe like he wants to get it out of the news or if he just can't go forward because there's no people there's no actual names involved there Mm -hmm. maybe they tried to find the names of the people that run those Twitter accounts and weren't able to connect it with an actual human person yeah
3: I think what it might be is like so their accusations made on Twitter they were never like then investigated or brought exactly so what he's trying to do is like I don't know if they've been removed from Twitter, but like, also this way, anytime anyone Google's like, you know, Justin Bieber allegations, this article or this kind of litigation will yeah. come up first because yeah. he is in some ways addressing it. Like you said, you you said that um, people will reference allegations from decades before, yes. Which, like again,
1: incredibly accused.
3: It's a double-edged sword because, like, on the one hand. If something is legitimate, you know, we have uncovered... There are, you know, Haru scene being the clear example, like people yeah. who did weird, Really awful, awful stuff things. to people. On the other hand, Me Too culture it has been really damaging um, and it's given a lot of authority to people who might be using these kinds of narratives to benefit themselves.
1: There have to be an endless parade of rock stars, pop stars and musicians who must live in abject terror every day Uh, in the age we live in of of consistent, you know, people that want consent at every step of the process, people who have changed the definition to the point where you can revoke consent the following day. Uh, That's not me saying that. That's part of culture now. Uh, In in that context, there's got to be a lot of people who are living very, very scared or uh, worried that something might come back on them for something they did years ago, where they are perceiving a different incident through different lenses given the time Uh, And their roles in it, which is not the same thing as being attacked or being, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, but the people who do do that need to be tried uh, and convicted and arrested for their crimes. But to do that, you have to go right away. And it does require you to suffer a a certain amount of humiliation because of the rules of the justice system, which is awful, but it is, uh, what has to be done. If you're going to actually hold them accountable by the law, Mm -hmm. not by the court of public opinion, which can't be verified and invite skepticism from people automatically, not because you want to be skeptical, but because we know that everybody, regardless of race, gender, any characteristic, there are people who are just bad people, no matter who they are, that will use situations to their advantage uh, and we can so we have to be duly skeptical of all accusations like that. What's the saying? Like, uh, in the, uh, you know, uh, incredible accusations require incredible evidence, something like that. Right. Well, and um, like, incredible pro- claims require. people
3: are innocent until proven guilty yes. in the American justice system. And like, in this dynamic of you can make an accusation on Twitter, it can live there. Like, unless you take civil action.
1: You look his name up now, it's and this is all that comes linked.
3: up. Right. And so, like, in some ways, I think he is. Forced to deal with this in Mm -hmm. some respects, and I, I have to say, like, you know, who wouldn't want to be like, no, that's wrong, and I want a legal record proving that you defamed me, that you made inaccurate statements about me. Like, I want to do everything I can to try and
1: and dissuade other people. If if it is untrue, Mm -hmm. if if it's as he says and it's untrue, to dissuade people from making similar claims if it didn't happen,
3: right, and like. It's not like they're like, I waited outside his hotel room and he didn't give me a hug or he like was rude and didn't take a picture with me. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he might not even try and like refute those, even if they're not true or whatever. Like these things happen. But like these are really serious allegations about violence. So yes, I don't
1: know. Very serious stuff. Uh, I apologize for starting us off on such a serious, serious note. Let's get it out of the way. I just felt that it was it was worth addressing because you could take his choice to drop the suit in different ways, mm-hmm. some might say that this is proof that he did this, and he, and then uh, his claims won't hold up in court, and so he's uh, finally been caught and has yeah. to drop But this way, like, he
3: has like a record that he like tried. Yeah, and if they literally cannot figure out who this Twitter profile personality is, like, yeah, there's no way it can go anywhere, right?
1: The claim of it being too, if it is somebody, if it is a super fan, as this person said, and there are people that go objectively crazy about celebrities like him, mm-hmm. uh, the idea of using a sock account or using two accounts with one person isn't uh isn't crazy isn't a conspiracy theory it's something that regularly happens in that world and so. in some
3: ways like they are if it's just like a crazy superfan this has never happened like the fact that they have gotten his attention at all is probably a win you know yeah I can't say how like clearly this person yeah. is thinking about it
1: that's uh that is it's scary which to is me. scary right yeah, yeah. it's and very scary
2: what do you think you have a superfan
1: I don't have a super fan, thank gosh, I oh. uh, think I. I don't want superfans. I, 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 I don't want any. I don't want. I don't want to be uh, given that much attention. I would never want to be, you know, held to that level of uh, public interest or scrutiny. It's just, I'd like my privacy. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I do. What about you? Do you do you want superfans?
2: No, because I had had a person stalk me. Well, no, I had a couple people stalk me on social media before. Guys,
1: rough life being a girl in the year twenty twenty two. Just
2: no. What happened was because apparently he. So the reason why he was stalking me on my other personal accounts is because I didn't talk back to him. He was like, you didn't talk to me. I'm lonely. And I'm like, okay,
3: like, what do you want me to do? I actually owe you conversation as it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I think that like people, we live in a day and age of extreme interest in fame mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily bad, but I do think that like the... People really do develop parasocial relationships yes. with influencers or celebrities, mm-hmm. especially ones that are sort of um, high exposure, maybe. They yeah. give you an insight into life and you feel entitled to that information. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've heard some psychologists say, like, yeah, everyone has a little bit of that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if you're really into an actor or an uh, athlete or something like that, like, you might, like, really like checking up on them. You like might like keeping up their lives, but, like, they're it's for me the risk of exposure to people that you just don't know like yeah. you don't know when mm-hmm. these people are going to stop thinking logically or what their ideas of correct boundaries are yeah. like it's it's dangerous and i think that you know i i just can't imagine it's something about like justin bieber's mom put him on youtube and then like before really realizing slavery.
1: where that world would be. Right, go. and I'm
3: not saying it was a bad thing. Obviously he's incredibly successful, but like you just never know when this like moment of like insecurity goes it, away because it's mm-hmm. so like
1: There was um, Death by a thousand cuts. A YouTuber named Christina Grimmie who, oh, yeah, I remember uh, who was killed yeah. by a fan uh you know brought a gun to uh like was it was like a no, he autographed her I thought was it, was it stabbed yeah. I can't there's remember.
3: another one um, where um it was the day before the pulse night shooting Yes, not pulse nightclub shooting and it was also in Florida and it was just incredibly sad yes and she'd been on the voice she'd also been on YouTube mm-hmm. she was
1: she was YouTube famous before she was YouTube and then she went on there and, the
3: and Adam Levine paid for her uh, funeral I remember and it's just like yeah it's sort of tragic because like I'm sure they took all the steps they could and he just, she just happened to catch the eye of someone deranged mm-hmm.
2: yeah. well it's kind of weirder so in japan they have this issue too this one girl she's a member from a idol group so like they have girl bands but mm-hmm. they call them idols um and basically what happened was this guy was like her super fan and you know what he did so basically he stalked her on social media but he did a extra step by zooming in the photo looking inside her eyeballs in the photo to see where was she and like he tracked her down doing like, that
3: like what do you mean like looking for reflections mm-hmm. and oh, like um like marks and stuff
2: yeah because like you know like sometimes you're not taking a photo you ask somebody to take it mm-hmm. and you can like see a reflection through the eyeballs um that's terrifying yeah so like he zoomed in and then he tracked her down and what happened was i'm sorry if this is kind of like gruesome but he found her and raped her and i don't know if he killed her or just left her there i forgot about that i mean this
3: is something mm-hmm. uh Taylor Swift it's one of the things that Taylor Swift's uh, political work has been kind of interesting to me mm-hmm. she has done a fair amount of advocating for legislation that restricts stalking issues yeah uh, and she has had several very serious stalkers I watched this I don't remember what it was maybe it was her documentary but like her concerts all have facial like they'll have a camera thing set up mm-hmm. and it'll scan people's faces to alert them if her known stalkers are there if they show up yeah and like mm. there was some story about like a guy breaking into her new york apartment and like sleeping in her bed and like yeah. touching her stuff and like i just you know that kind of violation you know obviously physical violation rape or assault is mm-hmm. extremely serious but the same kind of psychological torture oh of yeah that like if that person tried hard enough, they can gain access to you. Mm -hmm. And
1: you'll never have a good night's sleep in your life because you'll feel constantly on guard. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, and like, I think, you know, I I have known people who have had like ex-boyfriends show up at their apartments when like they had broken up, but they Mm -hmm. used to let themselves in, but it's weird and you have to be like, that boundary is clear like once you're no longer a couple that's not okay yeah. mm-hmm. and i think that in some ways like when you become a famous child star like you're used to a certain amount of your privacy always being compromised yeah, yeah. and it can be you know it's just so dangerous very yeah. very oh dangerous. my gosh just it's... like make everyone stay home mm-hmm. <laughs> just kidding that's obviously bad i know that happened with covid yes
2: yeah. mm-hmm. well it, just remember it's dangerous for both boys and girls like justin beer obviously had this happened to him. Yep. And then girls, it's just scary twenty four seven.
1: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Guys, you have every right to be afraid too when you're walking alone at night. It does not For mean sure. that you will not get attacked. It does not mm-hmm. mean that something doesn't happen. Also, like
3: you. men can have female stalkers or male yeah. stalk- like uh, all of. And these you're gonna get a really- lot less sympathy. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> no, like <you're> expected <laughs> to handle it. I think. yeah, you're, you're, expected ex- be, you're, you're expected to, you're, to handle it, especially if it's like a guy with like let's say like. A girl that's like been interested in her ex or whatever else, it's like we were You bigger should be than flattered, her. yeah,, yeah. Mm-hmm. you should be flattered, or like well, you're bigger than her, so like you're not really in any danger, and like that's not true. I cannot think of the case off off the top of my head, but there was a case in Arizona where this woman like murdered her boyfriend, they had like an off and on again racial relationship, and like he had tried to been like, yeah, she's like being weird, but like people didn't totally take it seriously because it's like oh, she's yeah. just like your ex, like that's just mm-hmm. the way it's like no, anyway, that's- she's just gone on a turn yes. from. From uh sexual assault allegations to well, stalking. We
1: but, will well I mean they kinda Well, of fall. they
3: kinda of fall along
2: the lines because like when where is the clear line that this is not okay anymore? Like, you guys need to leave them alone. They're normal human beings. I get it. Your butt hurt because he's married or, like, he's yeah, not I yours. Yeah, I wonder if a lot of
1: it has to do with him. them just like, cause being... Like, because when did mm, the allegation yeah, come out? 2020. Yeah. 2020, which is, like... A couple years after the after the marriage. Yeah. Two years after, mm-hmm. after the marriage. So
2: Because this is, like, another problem, especially in Asia. K-pop groups, they deal with it. Like, K-pop boy bands, they tell them, do not date. Or if you are dating please do not disclose it on social media because what will happen? So this happened to one of my favorite K-pop groups, um, Super Junior. One of their members was dating this one girl and he posted it on social media and all his fans found out who she was. They tracked down who, where she was working, where she lives. And they're like threatening her to the point where she broke up with him. Yeah.
1: Not hard to believe. Mm -hmm. Not hard to believe at all. We're going to move on to less, uh, less depressing topics. Um, I do have a question. If either of you have seen the movie Titanic, I know the answer for Hannah Claire. Yeah, I
3: shocked Brett today when I was like, I've never seen Titanic and he was like, I don't understand where have you been? I, I said...
1: <laughs> that movie's too long. Okay, anyway. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it was two video. You had, literally had to have two cassette tapes just to get it to watch it. That's how long it was. Mm. But the point is that um, if you have seen this movie it be and this argument can be had by anyone because it's such a huge part of pop culture. It says, unearthed Titanic prop reignites Jack and Kate door debate. So, See,
3: the thing is this debate is so culturally yes. canon mm-hmm. that I know what you're talking about but I have never seen this movie. That's
1: why I included it. I said it transcends the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you guys don't know, in the movie Titanic, uh, um, Rose decides to cheat on her... (laughs) fiance um and that is sold as a very uh virtuous and and he's a bad guy he's a bad guy because he's just oh, a bad ooh-hoo. he's a bad person so you know cheat on him with uh, with jack that's fine that's no one cares <laughs> um and I, i'm obviously kidding right now mm-hmm. about that uh, i mean i'm not but i feel uh,
3: strongly about this yes. but
1: but uh the point is that in this movie um I, if you don't know about the titanic um spoiler alert uh there was an iceberg right ahead and the iceberg uh, sinks the ship. And of course, in this story um, they both somehow don't die in the ensuing sink uh, in the sinking, but they do make it to a, a door frame or a, 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 door. a, a door, not a door frame. Uh, and no, the then door
3: frame would have been less, helpful. that would have been, yes, <laughs> far
1: less helpful. And um, he helps uh, Rose get onto the door mm-hmm. and then he just hangs there off the edge uh, in front of her. And,
3: it's like some line about like don't let go. Yeah, she
1: never. says, "I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let because he's holding on to her uh, in the you know their they're face to face. Even though he's in the freezing water, uh, and he just he makes promises to her, blah blah blah, and of course he dies, and that is very sad. Is the
3: guy like frozen stiff? Yes, the <laughs> if I remember correctly, Dang. it's been a
1: long time since I've seen the no, movie. No, so what
2: happened was. Basically, he does like let go, or does he
1: sink to the bottom? He sinks oh, to the no. bottom of the okay. water. So she so, lets
2: him go. Well, yeah, no, she I, I think her... no, no. Like he lets her go because he kn- but like she said basi- she would never let go. Yeah, but she she did eventually.
1: As Celine Dion plays <laughs> in the background, <laughs> the
2: ultimate and uh, Rose is the ultimate enemy. As it turns out, basically yeah.
1: Rose is, is Voldemort. Yeah, uh, yeah,
2: basically uh. because um, in Jack's mind, he saw the dwarf door the doorway being like doorway dorf the door. the door. The door. Okay. <laughs> we all want to add a second word, but it's not there. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, he sees it. It can't fit both of them, but which, in my opinion, I think it could We're... have. Mm-hmm. It could have. But That he... is the debate. Mm-hmm. Is,
1: so we'll get, we'll get to it. So it says, it's been 25 years since Titanic docked in theaters. Huh, that was good. <laughs> docked. Get it. Uh, but a major question from the film continues to divide fans. Could Jack Dawson have fit on the wooden door in Titanic? Viewers have often debated whether Leonardo DiCaprio's character could have gotten on the floating panel with Rose DeWitt, uh, played by Kate Winslet, after the ship sinks in 1912 and the majority of the passengers are left treading the icy waters of the North Atlantic. Rose, li- Rose lives as she climbs safely atop the door while Jack forces himself, in the name of love, to stay in the freezing water and dies, mm. uh, most probably due to hypothermia. The war of words over the door has been reignited after a TikToker Jay Talon... Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce that, posted a video showing the prop from the 1997 James Cameron romantic epic on display at Planet, Holly- Planet Hollywood at Disney Springs in Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. I didn't even know Planet Hollywood was still a thing. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I There used to be one, I think, at the Mall of America, but don't quote me.
3: What's Mall of America? Oh, wow. It's like the world's largest, mall? or like, I mean, at least America's it, largest it's mall. It's,
1: mall. Yes. It's, it's huge. It's it's gigantic. It's in Minnesota. Uh, it's, oh, okay. Yeah. We'll take a
3: road trip. Don't so, we?
1: Um, the user captioned his viral clip. Did you know this? I love the history and facts in, in Disney. It says, did, the, did you know the wooden door panel used in the movie Titanic is located at Disney Springs? The video text said the film has a plaque showing a photo of Rose on the board with Jack dangling off the end. And they do look at the photo here. So if you go down here, I think... He could, she could have scooched over a little bit.
3: Or laid on top of her. Yeah, I've seen like, the the, the reason I know this, I've seen like memes that it's like this door and it's like you put one here yeah. and you put the other person here. Yeah. And then everyone fits. Okay, mm-hmm. now,
1: now there is an argument to be made that they could have sunk. Now we need like a water displacement expert to figure out what them laying on top of each other causing What to the sink. buoyancy
3: of this door is? Like, yes. it seems very obvious that they, they could have, especially if they're so in love, they can't cuddle. Like, <laughs> on, <dude. laughs> I don't understand. A little
1: bit of spooning goes a long way when you're stuck in the North Atlantic in 1912. And are so in, in love, in right? Freezing, in freezing waters. Uh, see, if she would have just waited for marriage... Then maybe he would have. Then the pulled, Titanic would not have yeah, the, Well, the Titanic would have survived, but maybe they both would have so survived. Are
2: you saying the, the <coughs> Titanic is a mer- um, metaphor for Christian values not to have coitus before marriage?
1: That's not, it is Uh, what I'm saying now. It's not, it's not really what I said. The
3: thing is, like, (laughs) I just, this door looks pretty sturdy. Yes, it does. Like, I don't really understand. I think they would not have sung.
1: The grandest chip in all the world. You're telling me they don't have nice doors?
3: Maybe the lesson is that this girl is actually just self-centered. Yeah,
1: she's just like, my hands are cold. Will you hold my hands?
3: Also, like, she didn't like insist he get on the door too.
1: I don't remember. No, I don't think she didn't.
3: So. She didn't. So basically, she's like, Jack. Okay,
2: sounds good, you. honey. <laughs> yeah, basically, Jack let go, and she's like, "Bye." Like, it's, basically, like well, no. Like, she, the door
3: floats by, and he's like, "Get on the door," and she's like, "I'm on the door," and he and she's like, "But you stay down there." And he was like, "Got it, no problem." Well,
2: isn't it because Jack is also like he's kind of poor, like he was a stole away. so he can't stay on he a was, floating she door.
1: She's, they're they're separate classes. <laughs> Don't go swimming with Miracle ever in case something sinks. Jesus Christ! Yes, he he won his ticket. She's like,
3: I loved you when we were on the boat, but but now that it's touch and go, you're poor. Just um, you
1: know, more will be lost if I die than you. So if you could just stay there and die, Jack. Miracle yes. thinks that's great. So you
3: think they both could have made it? I the thing that I have heard about the like they both could have filmed the door argument is like, but it would have sunk. But given this picture, I'd have to see the problem person. Like, it's not a flimsy door. It looks like it's pretty heavy. So to displace enough yeah. water to like mm-hmm. support both their weight seems possible.
1: So people are arguing about it in here, and it says viewers, of course, took to the comments to fire away their thoughts on the prop and the infamous timbers. Several noted that it was actually was. Or wasn't enough room for, for there for Jack too. So literally, they can't make up their minds. Both of, they say both. of them. It was. Oh damn! I take it back. There was only room for one person. One observer states, but another fired back. They could have both fit. So they're literally having this argument in real time. Another added. So this maybe is like they,
3: life and death. Like of course they could like, have both fit. They could have at heck? least
1: tried. Uh, so maybe the both couldn't fit after all. Someone wrote, uh, and I will always say that there's room for two I there.
3: Like, couldn't they both just sit up and no. sit cross like it? Yes, they could have. An like, endless number of things they, that don't. Like, I,
1: mean, I mean, they're freezing cold. Their arms, you know, like you
3: could have figured out survived. the math to make it balance.
1: They should have done math there in the ocean in the freezing. <laughs> they should have.
3: Uh, no, I just think it's obvious it would have worked. But again, like, uh, I also do... he's got his weight on this, anyways. I guess not as should full it be tipping
1: weight, tipping back. A... It's
3: not tipping towards him. It doesn't look nope. like like it's staying
1: level so it probably could have I don't uh, know I, she's I, a selfish lover I do find my favorite part about this has nothing to do with rose it has nothing to do with jack it has nothing to do with these people arguing it's the fact that the director of this movie absolutely hates this discussion who's the hates it hates, it hates it James Cameron why does he hate it? Uh, it says uh, it says Cameron sixty seven isn't a ba- big fan of the debate himself and stated in the past that he thinks it's stupid. The Avatar director told BBC one in twenty nineteen he never really, he's never really seen it as a debate. Well, you are wrong, Mister Cameron. The
3: thing is, I think he's probably like they got me. The- I obviously <laughs> overlooked this glaringly obviously obvious plot we hole. We were looking for a smaller and door just, and we just couldn't I'm, find or one. Or it was just like he didn't think about it at all. Like
1: yep. so it says. Uh, but if you really want to unearth uh, all the dumbass arguments associated with it i mean let's go back i mean yes could romeo have been smart and not taken the poison yes cameron said citing dicaprio's 1996 romance drama romeo and juliet See, i feel
3: like that's a very different argument It's parts because like
1: he's got caught he his argument's horrible
3: yeah it doesn't well, make any sense like okay first off is this james cameron related to kirk cameron i have no idea that's interesting um i just like i think this is a poor like him being like well i guess if you're gonna be mean about it like I, I, you question anything it's more like sir you should just you've had years to calmly be like look i see what you're saying this is why you're i nitpicking. chose to do it this way mm-hmm. like yeah. you're just mad because you got caught
1: yep well, <laughs> the, the bigger question is, is like, uh, why is she played as like virtuous and good when she's like cheating on her husband just because well, maybe
3: that. I mean, see, I think that's more. I'm
1: kidding. I'm kidding. No, I don't I- even remember that. I don't know if he was abusive. I like I'm, I'm saying this out of my head. I know he was like cold hearted and treated her kind of like yeah. property, but I don't remember if he was like physically abusive. Or I've, anything I've like
3: never that. seen the yeah. movie. But the idea that like she would be like, oh, yeah, that's the good girl. But she's actually doing all these wrong things. Mm-hmm. is like a more interesting commentary about like our expectations for like good versus bad well she's also rich too sure like that could be more interesting the door thing seems like obvious (sighs) physics or like
1: the company that made the door has a fantastic opportunity to market this if they're still around a hundred years later
3: and that they wouldn't even try he was like no no i mean i guess like if they try and they would both get in the water and then they've already already both been in the water right so like they're cold no matter what
1: however it says cameron continued uh could he Could he have decided not to bring his little dagger just in case? Oh, so he's talking about Joel and Julie. says, however, in 2017 discussion with Vanity Fair, the Canadian filmmaker set the record straight about the door. The answer is very simple because it's on page 147 of the script that Jack dies. He explained. That's what I
3: think. Like they knew Jack was going to die and they didn't think about the prop they were using.
1: He also added that it's very silly that people are questioning the scene over two decades later. Uh, He's right, but he's wrong. When you make something of this size and scale in the, the undertaking that was creating the movie Titanic was massive and unprecedented at that time. Uh, if I remember correctly, they basically rebuilt the entire ship mm-hmm. um, in whole and to, to make this movie. And of course, they were rewarded. It was like the highest grossing movie for a very long time. Uh, it just lost its place, I believe, as number three to Spider-Man No Way Home, all of 20 plus years later. But he shouldn't be so negative because it keeps the movie in the in the realm of public consciousness miracle think of it as like a less uh a less uh, depressing version of the martha thing from batman vs superman okay when when everyone's like he could have said you know uh in in that movie um superman is like asking for batman to help his mom but he doesn't call her mom he calls her martha because batman and superman have moms with the same name and there so everyone's asking why the hell would he call her martha when he uh, no person does that. Well, apparently, I, if if we were what transitioning was... to next Grimes's family does that, right, or or something like that. Yeah, she,
3: her kid calls her. We're
1: going to talk about what, that in but a little bit. I just
3: want to like talk about the last thing Cameron yep. says in here. Do you want to read it? No, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last line is Cameron went on. The film is about death and separation. He had to die. So whether that, so whether it was that or whether it was a smokestack falling on him, he was going to die it's called art things happen for artistic reasons not for physics reasons he's right which is like again i totally get where you're coming yeah. from like he was gonna die so why not but like i just think that like if you're like gonna make this movie that ton- you want tons of people to see like someone's gonna point out the obvious this door is clearly big enough for two people yes and so like either you write it differently you know if page 147 says he dies then page 145 and 146 say because the boat blows up, because the door <laughs> is so small, exactly. only one person can fit on it. Uh,
1: there's also, I want to point out that uh, the, there is a comment here, down at the bottom, that says, Hard to believe this article doesn't mention the Season 10, Episode 14 of Mythbusters. Cameron was on it, and they looked at it, at this thoroughly, included, that and concluded that it was plausible, they can't, like, that they, they both like, could have used the door as a raft.
3: Right, mm-hmm. and it's funny that Cameron is like, well, in this other movie I made, you could say these things, and it's like, but we're not talking about the movie. Yeah. Talk about stay on task here, buddy. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Clearly, there could have been, there was room, but could it have sustained both their weight? That's why I've always thought Jack stayed in the water. He could have sunk to the sunk the door, and I mean, if if no, it started it to sink, he could, could have just have gotten off.
3: You brought MythBusters into it. Like yeah. they both could have been on it. There was room. It probably would have held <laughs> up.
1: My other favorite comment says, "In my version, Jack still dies, but Rose gets eaten by a whale." <laughs>
3: She's fine, too. Why a
1: whale? (laughs) There would have been space She has to
3: suffer. It's like a parable.
1: Yeah. So uh, I I just thought this... He should be... uh, Cameron should be flattered that it's still such a relative, uh, relevant part of uh, the public discussion. Yeah. Like, Mm
3: -hmm. instead of being annoyed that people are, like, noticing it, like, he should be amused and play along with it because so many people are having this debate decades later. Mm. Like, it's the most pertinent part of his movie. He
1: has created real pop culture.
3: Well, do you think the only reason why
2: he's annoyed because he gets emails and letters saying, you know, they could have both fit. I'm sure. That means
3: he's had two decades to work out a more clean answer. than. <laughs> well, Romeo dies in that one. So, well,
1: so deal for, with it.
3: Well, for his argument, you could... No, he had a
2: terrible comparison because um, if you think about it, Romeo and Juliet, they're both like teenagers. So they're chemically in their brains. They're not thinking straight. That so,
1: was fairly good yeah
2: they're not thinking straight so teenagers when you're going through emotions especially love it creates more chemicals in your brain so it causes you to be more irrational with your thoughts and actions so that's why romeo and Juliet took the poison and dagger you Uh, could have said it that way wise
1: words from miracle sam very good (laughs) very good miracle
3: i have so are we all team door just just Um, yeah we're all team door i'm team at least try yeah, what I mean. at least like, try. The door would have worked. If it starts to sink, he just to gets me, off team, it and then like, dies. Team sacrifice, Jack. Or team get on the door.
2: I just want to make it into a classist thing where like Rose is more rich, so
3: that's why she
2: survived well, while and, like, Jack she isn't even think. To she help did, him yeah, she's like he's
3: used to oh you being wanna, waited on.
1: You yeah. wanna you wanna get on the door too? Oh okay.
3: She's like people just do things for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course you would die. Yeah, uh, no, I am just kidding. I don't and
1: know okay, so, I like
3: that one. More. I do think it is amazing that this movie has been around for so long and it's so well known. In this particular debate. I could not tell you anything else that happens in that movie, yeah. but mm-hmm. I know that at the end she's on a door and he can't get on the door and then he dies and the door possibly could have fit them both.
1: The only other things people, I have
3: never seen Titanic. The only in my other, life,
1: the only other thing people remember for that movie is uh, the, on the front of the boat when they put their arms out in the air, that's been redone in cinema like a thousand times I, um, and the sex scene in the car.
3: And I've heard that when they filmed, like there's like the staircase that the goes down. Steps. Yes. Um, the that like when they filmed the drowning or the water coming in like there were people who were actually like extremely scared. I'm sure.
1: But. I'm sure. Yeah, the the behind the scenes of that movie, that the behind the scenes of that and the behind the scenes of the Lord of the Rings are both really really interesting things to go watch mm-hmm. if you are at all interested about like the process of filmmaking at that level. So. Also
2: the behind the scenes of um which Jackie Chan movie? Oh, Kung Fu Yoga. He almost drowned in that movie cuz um fun fact about Jackie Chan, he can't swim. Mm.
1: Yeah. Learn something new every day. Learn something new every yeah, day. Yeah,
2: so he was like legit scared for his life. I
1: bet. I would be too. I suck at swimming. Mm-hmm. Uh all right. So this topic is ridiculous. Grimes casually admits to DDOSing and basically blackmailing a blog that made fun of her. Um cue the part where people talk about being out of touch or what I would like to think of is like um is that really the pro- pro- like the proportional response that you want to give to something like this uh that so this
3: really like in I respect like, oh, she makes weird choices because she's a creative artist. That's but, like, literally been her she thing. She has make, made so many strange personal decisions of late.
1: So this says, Grimes casually revealed that she DDoSed and basically blackmailed hipster runoff to take down a picture of her. First, a preamble. We would like, if we can, to keep the Grimesishness of this particular newswire to a minimum. Which is tricky since it's about Grimes, but even so, please uh, please take a read at any jokes. Uh, please please take as read any jokes you might need to see in this space about Elon Musk, secret babies, the hair curses of Azalea Banks, etc. This story instead is about an anecdote that Grimes told uh, told to Vanity Fair recently as part of a larger profile of the musician ahead of her uh, upcoming book or album, Book One. Sorry, uh, as part that of
3: Vanity Fair. Sorry, that Vanity Fair whole thing like vanity fair must be like man why did she even let us talk to her why is
1: she talking right now she's still she's admitting stuff why are you doing this uh, as part of its 10 moments series the publication showed grimes a picture of her kissing an unnamed woman and got a casual confession of apparent cyber crime back in response this is uh, after
3: they like determined she had a daughter and like this subtly- is the picture
1: that she cared about so heavily the one in the top corner there um, it's not bad. That's Well, 2012, uh, I did do a, I, I went on like a kind of a deep dive of like, uh, like trying to figure out like what she hated so much about this uh, website. Right. And they do go at her pretty hard, but we'll get through the article first. Okay. And then I'll show you. So it says uh, spe- specifically Grimes recounts how she was able, uh, how that particular photo from 2012 Wait, let me, Am I back in the right screen there? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, got leaked causing her to get canceled Before the Woke Era, which is to say that it ended up on Hipster Runoff, a blog firmly situated in that earlier era of the internet when a talent for brutal and nasty comedy, a dab hand at meme craft, and absolutely no worries about choosing targets could launch an anonymous one-person outfit to success. So it's a tabloid rag basically is what they're saying. Uh, Grimes did not enjoy hipster runoff creator Carl's uh, take on the photo or what it supposedly said about her career or several other stories he penned about her in the early days of Same. Uh, So she turned to an unnamed friend uh, at a video game company to help out. She pr- the, she said the said friend proceeded in Grimes' words to DDoS, hipster runoff, that is, run a uh, it's dedicated denial of service, but I think they mean distributed denial, denial of service, attack, maybe those words are interchangeable there, uh, attack on the site, rendering it inoperable. An interview with Carl's at the time uh, by Vice, which uh, we found through the piece by Jackie Singh, reveals that the attack was actually quite a bit more damaging uh, that, than that description makes it sound, Reporting to, reportedly Destroying backups of most of the site's posts in the process, Grimes then in language, uh, Grimes then in language, we're guessing no lawyer okayed, basically blackmailed Carl's into taking the article about her down. That is a crime. I that that is. F-
3: did Carl's know when he did his interview that it was?
1: I have Her? Is, I have no do you think he idea. is now turning
3: around like, "Excuse me, Grimes"? Yeah. Or are you about to see like litigation on this?
1: I went through and I, 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 I because the site is gone, nuked. Uh, I went through uh, the Wayback Machine and started trying to find stuff on this, on, on her through this website. And they did post a lot of articles about her because hipster runoff was very relevant to hipster culture back then. So somebody who's like an indie darling, music wise, is going to get a lot of attention. Uh, it says, uh, there's like one here. It says, do you uh, prefer Claire Boucher or Bobby Boucher? Uh, uh, she, that's her real name. Yeah. Claire, yeah. So there's all these pictures. And then there's one here. It says, uh, Grimes acts like insane woman in new video. Does she look hot, crazy, or both? Those aren't up there yet. You'll have to look. Uh, I just, I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole and found this. Mm-hmm. All of these articles are about her on that website. But it was a website dedicated to her you know aspect of cult what the kind of culture she was involved in at that time most of it seeming to question whether she was authentically an indie darling or if she was a packaged uh, product by uh, legacy companies and that seems to be the extent of what they cared about when they were talking about her but that photo by today's standards is extremely tepid and uh nothing too special or crazy
3: yeah i was like i think that was a skims marketing campaign i think kim kardashian used something like that
1: yes so it says uh the wildest thing about this uh this and this is where tragically an inevitable patina of grimes can't be kept off the furnishings is the matter of fact pride grimes exhibits about her coolest hacker moment this is clearly not in the telling an admission of wrongdoing although it is, by even a pretty loose reading of U.S. of various U.S. cybercrime laws, probably a crime. Uh, it is absolutely a crime. a crime. She
3: Also, like, she said, this is my coolest hacker moment, but I got, but she didn't do but it. I got a friend to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your coolest hacker moment was knowing a hacker?
1: Yes, uh, hacker adjacent, I guess, would be the... Would probably Also, be like, the...
3: a friend, like, someone she was dating?
1: Uh, not to mention, now that guy's got to be scared. Like, she she can afford the lawsuit. Because she's married to Elon Musk if something happens. They're not
3: married. They have broken okay. up. Because she's... They have she, kids. She's well, supposedly dating Chelsea Manning. I saw that. Like, mm-hmm.
1: Well, my guess is that if she was Barnes, to get what's sued... What's happening? My guess is that if she gets sued... The father, uh, the mother of Elon Musk's children isn't going to let his. Uh, his he
3: will, because he's like, I've made, a I mis- full custody. I've made a strategic mistake, and yes. it's time for you to leave.
1: So it says, uh, it's a story about Grimes using. Uh, this, this is the part that got me. It's a story about Grimes using cleverness and connections to someone at a video game company to beat a bully at his own game. Acceptance of that narrative is going to hinge, obviously, on how much of a. how Grimesophilic you might already be. No. Even somebody who likes Grimes can admit that what she did was not be clever. What she did was commit a crime.
3: Also, can't she just, like, sue him? Yeah. Like, she I guess, has I guess money just, for it. I get that the legal system is, like, slow, but, like... That doesn't mean you get to vigilante this system, right? But they're
1: they're also fairly uh, honest about that. It says, and it also depends on your attitude towards the indiscriminate, blistering, meanness style of pop culture, satire, uh, pop culture, satire, hipster, runoff, once represented. So it was a site that kind of like Gawker was um, very edgy in, in the content. Look, I get that,
3: but like there is a right to free speech or free publication, exactly. right? Like defamation suits against publications are actually very difficult but, on the other hand, like, why did she specifically take issue with this one site? Like, I bet a lot of people are saying mean things about her.
1: The comments are, are kind of fancil- uh, fanciled, are kind what? of fascinating. <laughs> uh, I, well, it's it fascinating says, it says, I'm canceled. canceled. It says, I'm canceled. It says, woman who hasn't been out of the spotlight in a decade since it happened. Uh, there's another one that says in this sent is this sentence missing some essential context? I'm struggling to understand what it even means. Uh, even setting aside the obvious fact that she was not actually canceled in any sense, why would she imagine that have uh, that ha- that to have? happened for a picture of her kissing a woman why would she imagine that would have happened for her ki- a picture of her kissing a woman and mm. this is before the woke era is that part of the clue was canceling a homophobic thing that people did uh, in the time before so this is all these comments are basically like about like was this proportional response to basically someone saying they don't like you see
3: that's why i mean like why is she taking up such specific yeah. i get that like hipster runoff might have had a particularly yep. intense style but like yep. this actually seems more like a personal attack at the owner mm-hmm. yes which is hard not to be like well i can't i can't look at it as like oh you 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 got that bully you corrected him yep. it seems like there's more to this yep. than that yep also that she would feel so comfortable just like announcing she did as someone yep. or like
1: That's kind of crazy that she felt very, she felt very comfortable admitting to something. That's a very serious crime. it's
3: It's, it's actually a crime. And she's like, yeah, I did that. Like, she doesn't feel like there are any consequences to her actions. And that is unnerving.
1: So mm-hmm. I talked to Andy about this earlier. Um, yes. I asked him about it and he says our
3: tech officer in case uh,
1: at the company here, Andy does, uh, he's our CTO. He does. Uh, he's our technical officer. He does everything involving our network, all that stuff. As far as I know. So he's very well read in this stuff. He says a DDoS tech can shut down an online business an online business's revenue for the duration, uh, potentially longer if it leads to damage, or in some cases they might even be paying for bandwidth based on how much traffic comes up on the site, which can rack up huge charges. So not just cost them money in what they're making, but cost them money in their output mm-hmm. as well. He says, and while it's, uh, it's arguably not very, it's not a very serious crime in the scheme of possible computer crimes, the language of the relevant legislation was written at a time when they thought hackers were basically mm-hmm. wizards with magic powers that could clear, that could cause a nuclear war by whistling into a payphone. So consequently, even just trying to guess your buddy's Facebook password for a prank could technically land you in jail for years. Mm-hmm. So this is obviously much more, yeah. uh, much more, re- there's so much malice to it in the fact that she can just talk about it as if no harm could befall her. I don't know what statute of limitations are in place on something like that. If she even thought that far ahead, like maybe the maybe uh, relevant legislation says that she can no longer be tried for something like this. But just the fact that she brag about it is kind of disconcerting to me. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, just, that's what I mean. Like yeah. it's just
3: this callousness. Like, haha, isn't this funny? This is my cool hacker moment. This thing that I did, and like, I do not expect in any mm-hmm. way to face punishment for that. Like, maybe it didn't take down. Like, maybe it didn't ruin Hipster Runoff in that one go, but if it damaged the site, you have no idea if that Mm -hmm. ended up being the reason that it's not still around today. Yeah. Um, so I just just can't imagine. Can you imagine if this was, like, someone who, like, I just can't imagine, like, how we would react if anyone else said this. I I think the same way. Like, what do you mean? You're just admitting casually to a crime?
1: Is it, is it does it does it kind of signal a, a certain amount of disconnection from society and the real world?
3: Yeah, for sure. Also, like it's like she is so interested in technology and like uh, being kind of edgy that she's like, I was a cool hacker because I knew someone who got who did. This Who's thing a hacker? For me.
1: Yeah.
2: But
3: also, like if she was like, Oh yeah, that guy was gonna publish a photo of me, so I repeatedly hit his car until he had yeah. to stop. Mm-hmm. Like that would be crazy, and we'd be like, That's also a crime. Yep. So- and yet it doesn't matter because yeah. she's.
1: All of this over a picture that she, of her kissing... And by the way, I couldn't... At least I did a, a cursory Google search. I was able to find the picture of the picture that was relevant to the... I think
3: we're all on the same page here. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is a weird thing of Grimes to just casually admit. This Vanity Fair thing that seems... Is it fully out or are they just releasing it in pieces? This was, like, I have
1: no idea. This, I'm just reading this the article artic- from AV Club. This
3: mm-hmm. um this in-depth interview for Vanity Fair really seems to be Gr- Grimes trying to like launch to get as much attention as she possibly can on hers. Cause she accidentally maybe left her secret baby upstairs and then was like, I can't talk about it. Here's all of the information and a voice memo on how to pronounce her name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, here's this story that I know is going to be edgy.
1: And she used the term basically blackmailed.
3: That's yeah. <laughs> yeah like, she knows what she's doing and it makes albums. me think that like there is something else at play here. I guess she's really trying to hype her album. Maybe mm-hmm. she's really trying to make sure she's relevant. It's now a very costly now one Now that she's no happens. longer officially tied to Elon Musk. Like, I don't know what it is, but like it makes me think that this person is like not someone worth. I would not trust Grimes. I would not. I'm di- surprised Elon has had two kids with her. That makes me question him. Yes. Well. What song have you heard from her?
1: I haven't heard any. Of her I listen to a
3: couple of her albums, like with friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't name any of them. They are. Co- I'm not saying that she's a bad artist. It's mm-hmm. just like this whole uh publicity just... situation, specifically mm-hmm. tied to the Vanity Fair ar- ar- article, seems kind of intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm only
2: asking because, like, why is she so important on the celebrity list? Like, uh, she's, I have not, no idea. she's not. She's not a list celebrity, but at the same time, is she? I don't know. Uh, She's
1: not, but Elon Musk is extremely Mm -hmm. culturally relevant, so...
2: Well, yeah, he's on the A-list right now.
1: Well, so. yeah. yeah. So he's, uh, he's very culturally relevant, so she, mm-hmm. by proxy, is, is also culturally relevant. That's, uh, yeah. You know, who else is becoming relevant again is Nicolas Cage, and I am here mm-hmm. for it, guys. I am, I am so excited for mm-hmm. the unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, and this article, I, I was going to... I skipped this article the other day, a similar article about the same topic, which, once I added this information, I decided to cover it. it says, Nicolas Cage says he accepted dozens of VOD movie roles to keep his mother out of a mental institution. So he was clearly, uh, it was also massive debt. Mm -hmm. That he was in, which is what we learned in these other articles. It says, Nicholas Cage is uh, defended starring in so many straight to VOD uh, films while explaining uh, what he spent the money on, which is, in between uh, more well-known roles filming in films like Mandy and the Pig, or Mandy and Pig, the actor racked up dozens of credits in in films that bypassed cinema releases and became available to rent at home without much fanfare. And that's very true, like that's almost a meme now at this point, that there was a, a plethora of movies with Really bad, uh, you know, cover art mm-hmm. that you could rent at Redbox. That uh, he basically had his own section at Redbox at one point. Uh, it says these films arrived amid reports that the actor spent the entirety of his 150 million dollar fortune and was in debt. De- it was in deep debt after owning the IRS property taxes of upwards to 6.3 million. Just picture that. Uh, now, in a new interview with uh, with G2, Cage explained that uh, that the basis behind accepting the roles stemmed from a refusal for bankruptcy uh, to file for bankruptcy. I've got all these creditors and the IRS, and I'm spending twenty thousand dollars a month trying to keep my mother out of a mental institution, and I can't. Uh, and I can't. He said, adding that it was just it, it. was just all happening at once. So was he trying to keep her out of the institution? So mm-hmm. how does that work? Like, does, does, he does mean, mean like, in he's a private? Trying, she was in a private facility,
3: or like he's providing her special care? Like he's paying for her? Must like, be at home. Yeah.
1: So it says, however, while uh, acknowledging that some of the films didn't work, the Oscar winner says he stands by every performance he ever gave, and I can respect that. To a very large degree, uh, you know what? Uh, there are times when we're talking about stuff here where, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of this stuff, the the Grimes thing, I find fascinating. the the story about uh, the Titanic thing that's kind of irreverent. It's it's interesting, but it's not really the most interesting thing in the world unless you actually love entertainment like I do. But stuff like the Kardashians, stuff like Pete Davidson. Uh, I have to kind of sometimes look at it. I have to take a larger view and say there are more fascinating aspects to this culturally Mm -hmm. than just look at these silly people doing these silly things. And I imagine that for somebody like him uh, making movies, which is his art form, he has to kind of, he can see something. Maybe he doesn't uh, imagine that it's the best script. What he's reading isn't the greatest material, but he has to find a way to get the most out of it so that he can feel fulfilled as an artist while also paying off the debts he has to pay off. So it's a, it's a weird middle ground where he has to do it for the money, but he also doesn't want to sacrifice artistic integrity. So maybe his artistic integrity isn't that he got the best roles, it's that he gave the best performance he could for every role he was given mm-hmm. or that, that he took. He says, well, I was doing four movies a year back to back to back. I still had to find something in them to be able to make it to give it my all. He, uh, he said some of them were terrific like Mandy, but some of them didn't work, but I never phoned it in. So if there was a misconception, it was that it was that I was just doing it, not caring. I was caring. I have a lot of respect for that. Uh, I, I read an article earlier when I went down a mild Nicholas Cage rabbit hole once again about how they were writing articles when he did Ghostwriter, about yeah. how they, they, they accused him of. Uh, of having his abs like CGI'd on and he's like, I don't get in shape for roles anymore because they're just going to tell me I didn't do it naturally anyways. So imagine being second guest at every corner and you're doing it while making movies that you're not the most excited about. Like I have episodes like that when we're doing this where it's like Mm -hmm. today, I thought it was a good mixture of topics. I was excited to do today's episodes. Some days you're like this, two of these are good. Three of those are good. Uh, These two I'm not so sure about. And to that, Credit a lot of times those end up being the most interesting because you have less of an expectation for them to go well, mm-hmm. and sometimes when you expect something to go really really well, it ends up not living up to your expectations with what you're trying to create. Which in our case is to have these discussions about these various topics. Yeah. So as uh, from an artist point of view, I can absolutely understand where he's coming from. So it says uh, many shared cages quotes on social media commending the actor for his honesty and praising him for his acting skills. Nightmare actor or Nightmare Alley director Guillermo Gil- Del Toro Guillermo Del Toro said he absolutely never, wa- never ever does anything but his best I've said it before there has not been nor will there ever be an actor like Nicolas Cage a master so I feel like he's coming into like his own Kiana-sance yeah we had the mccona with McConaughey we had the Kiana-sance with Keanu Reeves we're ready for the I guess it would be called the the cage but that doesn't really have the greatest ring to it uh, <laughs> the nick that could work I have no idea. But
2: there's so many Nicks out there. there
1: yeah, there's a lot of Nicks out there. So <laughs> I guess the, the, the cage of it is. So uh, I just I can't imagine what it must have been like, especially Maybe call given...
3: it the the golden cage instead of like the gilded age.
1: I like it. Oh, I that's like it. smart. I like it. It says, uh, the the same interview, Cage also suggested that Disney, who distributed the National Treasure films, turned its back on Cage following the flop of his film The Sorcerer's Apprentice and Ghostwriter Spirit of Vengeance. I only saw the first one. I, I never... watched the second one. Was it any good? Uh, I'm going to take that as a no. It,
2: it's watchable
1: okay well sometimes it's all you can that's all you can get out of it's watchable
2: like um, the scenes with the kid he's supposed to be Satan's offspring Um he tried.
1: He, he did his best. He with, tried with the materials given. <laughs> and yeah. the National Treasure movies are, of course, cult hits,
3: mm-hmm. uh, cultural. Would se- you say they are national treasures? They, na- <laughs> they are.
1: They are absolutely national treasures. And mm-hmm. my, in my personal opinion, Gone in sixty seconds is is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. It's a fun. Uh, and then, of course, there's eight millimeter. There's Snake Eyes. There's Face Off. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Con Air. There's all sorts of Nicolas Cage movies that are incredible. I just have the ones off the top of my head that I watch. Uh, like I'll watch Face Off once every couple of years. I'll watch uh, some yeah but when it comes to Super like bad also but but like for me like i watch uh, gone Six seconds like once a year you know all i i base a lot of it on like can i put this on in you know in the background uh on a random evening at least once a year for a movie and that's a lot of that's what i see those movies as so it says mm-hmm. uh he says when i talk about fairweather friends in hollywood i'm not talking about jerry Brockhammer. Bruckheimer, Cage said, referring to the National Treasure producer. I'm talking about Disney. Nobody seems to like Disney these days. Everybody seems to be mad at Disney. Disney Uh, is
2: producing terrible Pixar movies.
1: Well, they're and plus Pixar is getting pushed like straight to they're basically straight to DVD now. They're Mm -hmm. not even allowed to come out in theaters. Uh, Referring is um I'm assuming Lightyear is coming out in theaters. No way they let that not go to theaters.
2: Um well. Yes. Listen to it soon.
1: So it says, uh, referring to National Treasure producer, he says, I'm talking about Disney. They're like an ocean liner. Once uh, Once they go in a certain direction, you've got to get a million tugboats to try and swivel it back around. Uh, G2 states that Cage finished paying off his debts uh, ahead of appearing in his forthcoming film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, where he plays himself, mm-hmm. or it says a fictionalized version of himself, with uh, I believe Pedro Pascal playing like a drug kingpin or something, or some like shadowy person who like likes him so much that he flies him out there to to spend. What time if with he's him? not
2: the bad guy, and we just assume? That's
1: probably what we will have. Oh yeah, well they, no, in the, from what I remember from the last trailer, the CIA are like. Keeping tabs on Pedro Pascal's character, and they ask Nicolas Cage to like spy for them. So I'm I'm more excited about that than just about any movie coming out this year. Yeah. But there is also this. It says Nicolas Cage is out for blood as Dracula on set of uh, Re- this is the onset of Renfield, which is he looks very comedic right there mm-hmm. that is a very comedic picture of him uh for the people who are listening to the podcast it's uh him in the red suit he's got the whole outfit it's like red on. velvet red velvet and it's oh my incredible. god and he's got
3: very really, much yeah he's got like really uh chalky makeup yeah i mean it's hard because like he's just walking past like a car and a trailer in this one like in this photo if he were lit correctly like the, the movie cool. may look super cool but he does like I look a little weird here
1: so it says uh, cage is getting spooky is hard to work is hard at work playing iconic vampire dracula in universal's renfield opposite the, uh, the greats nicholas holt who stars as the titular renfield and uh, a henchman of the villainous monster in bram stoker's original 1897 novel dracula the movie is being directed by the tomorrow wars chris mckay i love the tomorrow wars so Mm-hmm. Well, okay, love is a strong word, but I liked it a lot. Uh, <laughs> so it says uh, it's just it shows these pictures of him. I think he's uh, he's on his way to uh like he can be picky now. So if he wants to just do movies that he actually is you know not I guess not proud of because like he said he found his best way to be proud of whatever he made. But if he only wants to do movies where he feels like he's going to not just give a, go- a great portrayal, but also in that portrayal is a great movie, he can afford to no longer. Uh, just take whatever roles come his way. So maybe yeah. that, that that's what this is a sign of, that this is something to be looking forward to. Uh, I, I do worry that he will... Uh, uh, I hope he doesn't fall back into debt. Please don't fall back into debt, Nicolas Cage.
2: Well, he's not married, right? Uh, he's, he's
1: got a kid on the way. He is married. He, okay. He, uh, that was in the, was that... What now? did that
3: do falling into debt, though?
2: Well, no. because um, most celebrities like him, like especially Brandon Fraser, they got married and then the wives divorced him, take half of what they're worth. Uh, his
1: what? Yeah. He got pretty, uh, Brandon Fraser got particularly, um, Mm -hmm. taken to the cleaners. Um, but yeah, he is, I read in another article that I don't have pulled up that he has a a son or a daughter on the way. He
3: has a, he definitely has a son. He may have a daughter on the way.
1: Um, so we will we will see $20,000 a month to keep his mother out of uh, out of an asylum. What do you think that's about? Like just a private facility? Is that the a yeah. cost of some I, think that, I guess a really nice place.
3: And I think there might be some hyperbole at play there, but I bet it's like she wasn't doing well, mm-hmm. he was paying for her treatment. Wouldn't it be cool if Nicolas Cage was Batman?
1: No, <laughs> no, that is a fantastic question, but I'm going to go with no.
2: The only reason uh, why I asked, because the Batman movie talked about how his mom was in asylum and they try to cover <laughs> up that story.
1: That is, uh, <laughs> I, I just, I don't think that, uh, I don't think he needs to be mm-hmm. Batman. Dracula is enough. Uh, I, I, Is that something you want playing? I say they bring him back as Ghost Rider. Just, yes, just bring him back as Ghost Rider. We'll do that.
2: But I want Ghost Rider to be more tough than anything.
1: You do? Yeah. No.
2: Yeah. I like Ghost Rider. Like he's my other favorite character. She is
1: a very big fan of Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. The, they want uh, Norman Reedus to play uh, Ghost I'm Rider.
2: I'm excited for yeah. that. Yeah.
1: We will see. All right. We will. We will move on to Podluck. Yay. Uh, yes. Exactly. <clears throat> so this first one, Miracle. Oh, I, I. I don't know if this one you really care about. You cared about um, when we were talking. What were we talking about the other day? Uh, Morbius. Yeah. The reviews were in and uh, they were kind of middling, which. But uh, I wasn't
2: it's... as sad as Dane with the other news. Yes.
1: No. Yeah. I, I live to make my co sad with these articles because it makes for great content. I know that makes me evil. So it says uh, first Sonic the Hedgehog two reactions praise a superior sequel. Uh, As the sequel to one of the highest-grossing and best-reviewed video game adaptations ever made, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 arrives under the weight of increased expectation and pressure. If it wasn't for the pandemic grinding the theatrical industry to a halt just weeks after the opening installment arrived in 2020, uh, February of 2020, then the iconic Speedster's Speedsters feature-length debut would have undoubtedly earned more than $319 million. I didn't even think about this. It had its first few weeks, but then pandemic happened and it basically came to a screeching halt after that. But it still became the top-earning console-to-screen translation ever made domestically. Uh, so that surpassed which I, Detective Pikachu, which I believe came out first. Mm-hmm. Detective Pikachu, I think, came out in 2019. So it says, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, there was a great... Um, when, when they did Detective Pikachu, they did a thing where they... Uh, they they released a viral not a viral video but it's like a it's a full length detective Pikachu online and it's just a clip it's that, on
2: Ryan Reynolds like a uh, YouTube channel where it's like here's the whole leak to the whole movie and it's just Pikachu dancing and I love it and it
1: never changes it's <laughs> just that uh, you think the movie's gonna start and it just never does
2: I just love him.
1: Um, she does mm-hmm. so it says Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is doubling down on fan service for good measure with Jim Carrey's Robotnik returning in a more game accurate form with while Idris Elba is stirring up uh, some very confusing feelings as Knuckles with Sega stalwart Colin uh, Colleen O'Shaughnessy reprising her long-running role as Tails sounds just it's so awesome uh you hear that voice and you're just like holy crap I'm I'm uh, 10 again it's incredible. Ahe- ahead of the movie's release on April eighth, the first wave of early reactions have arrived online, and they're about as positive as fans were hoping they would be. So here's one. It says this is from Ben Schwartz. Says I just saw the final cut of Sonic the movie uh, Sonic movie two in a theater in a theater, and it was. Awesome! I am so proud to be a part of this franchise. Okay, so he's an actor on that. That's the guy. Yeah, he's not uh, one to uh, to listen to. But it says, uh, Dorian Parks says Sonic Two uh, is a real love letter to the blue blur. It takes everything you liked about the first film and gives you so much more. Tails and Knuckles are fantastic additions, and Jim Carrey as Robotnik is even more unhinged. Uh, I like this because they're sticking to the themes of the movie, and it sounds like it really is supposed to be just a family-friendly, enjoyable movie, but. As always, I do want to caution that there is, not usually, there is from time to time a strong divide, especially in culturally relevant movies, between what audiences want and what the studio or in what the critics want right mm-hmm. so if you look at the first sonic the hedgehog which became a weird cultural landmark in the way of uh, similar to the last jedi was we have a 63 percent critic score but a 93 percent audience score the reason for this being that when the first movie came out miracle you remember the first trailer came out and what we saw was what would be that term that people love to use so much
2: atrocious teethy monster uh, um
1: Uh, It was pure... uh,
2: Nightmare fuel. Nightmare
1: fuel uh, is the word most often used. And what that caused was that the trailer was filled with comments about how awful it looked. Yeah, and they
3: responded to it. And the
1: studio did the unthinkable. And gave the audience what they wanted, made changes uh, at great cost to the to the film. They had to go work, I'm sure, a whole lot of crunch time mm-hmm. uh, in the animation department to make him look good for the movie, make him look like the video game character. And they were rewarded by the audiences, supporting it with strong word of mouth, people going to see the movie at a very trying time, right at the edge of when things started to go bad with, mm-hmm. with COVID. And what I find really interesting about this is that now the Critics are giving it a strong recommendation. Does this change things? I don't think so in this context because it seems as if most of these reviews, they're not, uh, they're not praising like suspicious acts. Like it's an animation movie. So the fact that it's not live action helps it a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a kid's movie, so there's going to be less messaging and anything on it. So any of those weird wedge issue things that we fight Mm -hmm. about in these industries now uh, aren't really as relevant or aren't going to be as relevant in something like this. So it says, just saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and it's a love letter to the video game lovers. Uh, Had a ton of fun with it, unlike a lot of blockbusters. The third act is Bananas, and the strongest film Jim Carrey reigns supreme. Sonic the Hedgehog, and then they, they... at in, the, at in the video game studio and the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is in contrast to Halo, which just came out today yeah. and is being panned by most of the fans.
3: As expected. As
1: expected. Right? Uh, and we find out that the reveal of uh, Master Chief's face, mm-hmm. episode one.
2: Oh, that's kind of disappointing. <clears throat> yes.
1: Uh, so they're doing what they, they should be doing, which is making something that the fans of the franchise should we want make- to see.
2: Should we make Dane watch it and give us a
3: full report? I'm not that mean.
1: Uh, (laughs) I am. so Let's do it. Good news. Sonic the uh, Sonic movie two is a lot of fun, a much bigger, more action driven film than the first Sonic one with great jokes and plenty for longtime fans. Jim Carrey is next level maniacal as Robotnik. But for me, it's all Sonic tails and knuckles. The trio delivers a ton of heart and humor. All of these are very basic you know, positives that don't seem to be anything related that the average person would be, would take offense to. So I am, I am very excited to see how this Mm -hmm. goes. Miracle. I think this is one we will have to go see.
2: Yeah. I really want to see it because like I was listening to one of the trailers again and I heard tales like narrating the whole story, talking about how Sonic and Knuckles, they have a long time feud.
1: Yep. So So we will see. Uh, and we have one more thing. Uh, is this this doesn't seem like a movie you would go see? Uh, I love talking about stuff like this, but it doesn't seem like the movie you'd be very interested in.
3: Oh, I don't know. Um, it's interesting. You have younger siblings? I do have younger siblings. So like, like a lot of movies, like I'm not likely to just like go on my yeah. own. Like if you guys want to go, I'd go with you. We've mm-hmm. talked about it so often that I do feel like it's something that I'm like going to end up seeing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something I would be like when you have younger siblings that you want to be the cool sibling and be like, I'm going to take you to do something fun. Going to the movies is like one of those cool things you can do with them. Mm -hmm. But it is very annoying to spend money on tickets for a movie that you as an adult don't really want to see. So this, this is why I'd probably take them to see this one. It seems cool.
1: This was the review that I liked the most. It says, I won't go too deep just yet, but the themes of heroism Friendship and even honor made this such fun to watch unfold. The Sonic universe is forming now, and someone who has jumped on with Sonic 2 in the Genesis days, seeing well-done Sonic movies makes me smile. Those themes are universal, and they transcend those stupid things that we argue about, whether it's identity politics, whether it's how studios adapt these things. Universal themes like friendship, like honor, like heroism, being done properly again for the first time in what feels like years— and the fact that it has to be done with a blue hedgehog that runs really fast just proves to you that uh, you just need to look away from the mainstream, at least the mainstream ideas when it comes to finding stuff that uh, mm-hmm. speaks to you. I think if those are things you're looking for.
3: Yeah, I think especially with a lot of movies that you know could be for kids, but also could be for anyone. Um, there are a lot of really dumb series produced for children that then yep. have you have to get all of the. You don't have to, but, like, there are then, like, you know, the accessories and the games and the toys and the dolls and whatever else. And, like, you would want one like this, as if the reviews are correct, like, that have values and have a storyline that you're, like, I legitimately am support of you. uh, I'm in support of you taking in this content, as opposed to being like, I feel like I can't say no because everyone your age is watching it. But I actually feel like it's rotting your brain. Mm -hmm.
1: There's this one too. It says, uh, "Sonic the movie, Sonic 2, is a worthy successor. The kids in my theater were howling. It has all the winks, nods, and nostalgia, and laughs for fans from the first movie could ever want, and feels more loyal to its game roots than ever. So the kids loved it, and the game roots, which are for people my age." Mm are in there as well. So it seems like they're somehow finding a way to crack the code mm-hmm. and make everyone happy, not just one demographic, which is what to be fair, these studios seem to want to do, but just are really bad at it. So, mm-hmm. we will see. I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to see that one more now, though I uh I do think it will I don't think it will be as divisive as the first one now that the issues are, you know, revolving around the way the character was designed have been resolved. Mhm. So we have one more story here, and this is about uh, a new movie from Anna DeArmas called Blonde, and it's about uh, Marilyn Monroe. It's a biopic. Uh, we had Lucille Ball got one recently mm-hmm. with uh, the Ricardos, right, being Ricardos. Yes. Uh, we had a Pamela Anderson one, which she's now doing Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see that? Yeah, I did. And they're making a documentary about her doing Broadway.
3: Man, she's busy. Yes,
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, and this one about Marilyn Monroe Monroe receives an NC-17 rating. And I just want to point this out because I do believe that this is very clever marketing. Uh, because this is not a theater release, uh, per se. It will get a small theater release, but it is essentially a Netflix-produced movie. It says, the story of Andrew Dominic's Marilyn Monroe biopic, Blonde, dates back almost a decade. However, the long-in-development Netflix film starring Anna de Armas, as Monroe, is finally coming out this year. Now, according to the latest Motion Picture Association ratings, listing Blonde has been rated NC-17. However, since this is a hybrid Netflix and theater release, it's, de- it's debatable how much the rating matters to the people wanting to watch this biopic from the comfort of their couch so basically i had to ask the question like what is the difference between nc-17 and tvma mm-hmm. right uh and from what i learned at least from what according to this it says basically nc-17 is theater only of course and it means that no one under the age of 17 can come in at all right so it says nc17 means no one under 17 admitted whereas r would mean no one under 17 admitted without parents Mm -hmm. uh it says uh so a tv show rated ma is basically uh basically includes both r and nc17 so it actually (coughs) has both of them in their territory. So this is just clever marketing on Netflix's point, like, cause they're going to do like some theater release, like a limited, uh, a limited studio or limited theater run, which they're like, Ooh, it's NC 17. It's going mm-hmm. to be very edgy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I-, I think it's clever marketing, at least in the way this is phrased. It's a film about, and this is from the director. I wonder
3: if it's a way of like indicating and in, because like, there's no like game of Thrones or a bunch of stuff that like HBO put out would actually yeah. Be if it had a theater release, which of course it wouldn't. But there's no way that it would just get an R rating. No, it would be NC-17. So in some ways, I wonder if this is like a way for Netflix to signal, like, hey. You don't need to just go to HBO uh, H- mm-hmm. HBO for your edgy content. Like, yep. You can come to us too.
1: Yep, it's a, So this is just a quote from him. It says, it's a film about the human condition. It tells the story of how a child, uh, how a childhood trauma shapes an adult who's split between a public and private self. It's basically the story of every human being, but it's using a certain sense of association that we have with the something very familiar uh, with something very familiar just through media exposure. It takes all of those things and turns the meanings of them inside out according to how she feels which is basically how we live it's how we all operate in the world it just seems to be very resonant uh it i think the project has a lot of really exciting possibilities in terms of what can be done cinematically she's kind of one of those people that is so kind of like the movie titanic that is so culturally relevant still Mm -hmm. that she will be omnipresent in pop culture forever Mm -hmm. you will never escape uh marilyn monroe whether it be posters on walls and if if you're uh there's a joke in like a show called rizzoli and isles where she goes into this a young woman like in her early 20s is is murdered and she's like why do all uh early 20s women have the same four posters on their walls, and she's mm-hmm. like predicts that she has the Marilyn Monroe poster with her uh, over the grate in her bedroom, and then ends up actually being there. Mm-hmm. So she, it's just a very relevant thing to to culture for young women in this country.
3: Yeah, and yeah. Well, and her story had um, she she sort of got a second wave of interest when um, Hugh Hefner died. Yes, because of his treatment of her and some of the um, sort of. Changes in culture that developed around the narrative of like what women have the right to say no to, or sort of like our understanding of like power dynamics.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, And that can be controversial to talk about, but she has been relevant in many waves of culture and she her story continues to be looked at from new angles yeah it's so almost it'll like, be interesting to get this especially if it's been 10 years in the making it's mm-hmm.
1: almost like that she's kind of reanalyzed uh anthropologically in a weird way every so often yeah, uh, yeah. and stays relevant but for different reasons yeah kind uh, of fascinating when i was
3: on the show kind of like
1: kurt cobain yeah mm-hmm.
3: when i was on the show earlier this week we talked about like will young uh, Hollywood starlets who are like dressing really provocatively right now or in a way that just seems like fashion but edgy will they look back one day and say like I wish I made different choices yeah. uh, not necessarily that they regret it but like as they grew up and have a different perspective they would uh, look back at that time differently and I think that's what happens to American culture um, with Marilyn Monroe's story like yeah. the more we learn about her mm-hmm. like the more we find that you know, we maybe have an idea of who she is, especially since she's built as this, this sex symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, She's very clever. She's extremely clever. She's very smart. She had mm-hmm. like a lot of, you know, Works it just, very hard. It worked very hard, but also again, I don't really want to tell the story because I can't totally remember it, but you know, her Playboy photos that like the photos of her that Playboy published, if I'm remembering the story correctly, she didn't want out there. Yeah. yeah. And they did it anyways. And then Hugh Hefner, from what I know, bought the, plot next to where she is buried wow and like she had said talked about how like he was like basically her public enemy number one because like Mm -hmm. he had really wronged her Mm -hmm. and like that is like this weird sad thing that's very sad so i'm very curious about this movie um
1: when you think of her do you think of tragedy is that what you think of uh
3: a young beauty there are so many things that i think of when i think of marilyn monroe i've never i don't have like any of her paraphernalia she doesn't want to follow super intensely but again like I think of her as being someone that, like, they look at as, like, young and beautiful and, like, should be just so happy. And she actually had a lot of really difficult struggles and yeah. i think in some ways like it takes her from being this 2d poster on your wall to being like an actual human being mm-hmm. more
1: so than a lot of people who would have been famous for similar reasons she feels more full uh fully developed to people uh, at I least think, at least as much of we can know of her persona right. and I she think, feels like she's uh, more of a, a 3d representation of a human being right than, than that of just a 2d celebrity that you know for various reasons right yeah. and i think
3: more and more again given like new context and how we view her story as a culture like she becomes a more vivid person all the time yes Mm -hmm. which Uh, is incredible because she has actually been deceased for quite some time yeah for sure i
1: I would imagine that most the most ambitious of celebrities female or male would um would love to one day find out that they had the effect on culture that someone like marilyn monroe has Mm -hmm. like i'm sure that anyone who who is that motivated that they want to leave their small hometown move to a city where objectively 99.9 percent of the people who move there to become something fail Mm -hmm. uh the people with that much drive with that much hope for that uh, you know, this is what they want. They they don't yeah. want to just be kind of famous. They want to have the effect on the world that she has, uh, at least the effect on what she meant to America.
3: But it cost her. Like but that's it cost the thing. her. It, it doesn't come at nothing. Like she didn't yep. just, yep. but
2: um, also, you know, that famous Andy Warhol painting of uh, Marilyn Monroe. We didn't talk about it today, but um, this one, yeah, so yes. basically it's on auction right now. So yep. we could buy it if we had over millions of dollars. That's not me. It. The
1: image is estimated to sell for $200 million. Uh, this is uh, how old now? Uh, she, so it says iconic. So Andy Warhol painted it. So it says, an iconic image of Marilyn Monroe created by Andy mm-hmm. Warhol mm-hmm. is coming to auction with Christie's Auction House, uh, estimating the price is around $200 million. The silkscreen image known as a uh, shot, sage blue, Marilyn. A close-up mm-hmm. of Mar- of Monroe with her hair in a yellow, with her hair in yellow, her eyeshadow blue, and her lips red is slated to be part of a week of sales in May. So that's just uh, it. Just proves to you that even now, mm-hmm. however many years later, it says uh, if uh, if it met the sales estimate, the 1964 painting would be the most expensive 20th century artwork to be auctioned at Christie's. So mm-hmm. that's how relevant and how important she is to culture here, mm-hmm. to our history as a country, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. is kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. So. Yeah,
2: he also um that artist I really admire him a lot because he does like talk about like celebrity worship mm-hmm. in his um artwork. So there's one where he had multiple prints of Diana, Princess Diana's crash mm-hmm. and he made multiples of it and like different variations of it, one fading, one like fully dark with the, all the shadows and shadings. And he Forgive
1: was... me for asking, is Andy Warhol still alive? He's not still. No, he's not. When did he die? Uh had to be fairly recently if he painted Diana's I'll look som- it up,
2: but Yeah, yeah, you look it up. But basically he was making a commentary towards like celebrity worship and how like paparazzi yeah. and people we don't treat them as like human beings anymore. Like everything that we put in our face, we get desensitized and that's why I admire about him. And I love that, that he did this painting. Well, you said screen print, right? It says silk screen. Yeah. Okay. I know that process. That's a very tedious process. I'd done it before. I love it, but it's very tedious.
1: Okay. Well then that was clearly an important mm. work.
3: Yeah. Andy Warhol died in 1987. Yes. Okay. But
1: when did princess Diana die? How she, could you have done?
3: She I mean, died, died before the, him. She
1: died in the nineties.
3: I'll look again, but anyways. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think she died before him because
2: um, it's the car crash that he did. That's one of my like
3: um. I didn't think said Diana died in the '90s, but maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. I yes, she had 1997. Maybe I, was, I'm, I maybe like, it said maybe it said '97. I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like
2: for me, I kind of want to see this because I just watched a YouTube short where like she's making a comment towards uh, female beauty. Why like? it's okay to have like a preference looking at a beautiful woman. It's like, if you just look at a man and they don't know how to do stuff, will you find them attractive yeah. or like pay attention to them? I don't know. Like she's very clever and I want to see them do uh, a take on how clever and smart she is going through this My... industry, being a sex in, uh, symbol all the way to being pop culture icon.
1: I, I imagine that the the documentary will uh have to be equal parts of that but also focus heavily on the tragic element of it um mm-hmm. as that tends to come up a lot when discussing her her story so yeah we will see that's uh well that...
3: and they talk about like sorry i didn't mean to kick off. No, 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 like the, what i'm really curious is the um they say the line is that she struggled to balance her like two sides like her public and private yeah. life mm-hmm. and so i think that's going to be really fascinating that's
1: extremely culturally relevant today almost even more so mm-hmm. uh, is there...
2: Is the rumor true that she had an affair with John F. Kennedy?
3: That's the rumor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's ever been I, I don't know if that's know ever been proven. Very, but she was linked to a lot of famous people. Yeah. I mean, she was married to Joe DiMaggio, mm-hmm. like all kinds of things. Um, I did confirm Princess Diana's car crash was 1997, and Andy Warhol died February 22nd of 1987. So somebody else must uh, have
1: painted that um, Maybe that in work. his
3: style it, or someone Usually trained. what
2: artists do, so like for Andy Warhol, they'll have a scent, Um assistants that will continue it or like they have apprentices who will continue their work and it's likely
1: an apprentice that would have it'll tell you
2: it'll tell you like so basically if you look at the um the date of the paintings it'll tell you when it was started and when it was done
1: well she couldn't have started the painting before she had the craft. what if he
2: did uh, and he like predicted he predicted
1: the future Mm -hmm. that's crazy movie somebody could make oh Oh, wait,
2: yeah i don't know it would be cool because like this reminds me all over art history. I have the, I bet. Yeah. Very relevant. I think I still have the art history notes on Andy Warhol. Mm -hmm. I have to bring it over sometime.
1: Well, we we will see, uh, we will see where this goes, but that was, I just thought that was a fascinating, uh, that could be an interesting movie. Uh, and then the NC 17 thing is just Mm -hmm. very interesting because they're going to make that a, a marketing ploy for people who want to go see it in theaters. So, uh, Hannah, Claire, thank you so much for coming today.
3: Thanks for having me. It's been fun.
1: Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, did you have fun?
3: I did. You had yeah. fun. <laughs> okay,
1: let everyone know where they can find you on social media, please.
3: You can find me on Instagram at hannahclaire.b. You can find me on Gab at hannahclaireb, and you can find me, of course, on timcast.com. Click on the read tab.
1: Thank you so much.
3: Thank you, guys.
1: Miracle, let everyone know where they can find you. <laughs>
3: I don't have social
2: media because it rots her brain.
1: She's 110% mm-hmm. right about that. Guys, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasvick for the show. Go to the YouTube page. Please like the videos. Leave comments on the videos. Subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate that. Uh, in the description box to all of those uh, clips that we post, there's a link to the Spotify playlist. It is the best way to listen to the show, start to finish, every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, from there you can also find us on Amazon Music Apple Podcasts and on Pandora on social media we are on Twitter at popculture underscore show and we are on Facebook and on TikTok and Daniel will be very happy if you follow us there that is Pop culture crisis see you then uh, see you then guys we will have another episode on Monday as I screw up this ending I almost got through it usually I do pretty good at the endings but it's okay. you can't go uh, it's 100 It's Friday yes you can't uh, you can't um, you can't bat a thousand so mm-hmm. uh, we will be back with another episode on Monday we will see you then guys bye bye